Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, J.B., Chapter 5. Grange liked to bowl. Tilly had never tried the sport, but he taught her. She persuaded Marge to let the girls come with them one night. Marge tagged along, but she didn't bowl. She sat at the table, sipping coffee and watching her brood, fling the big balls down the alley. It's fun. Tilly left. She left the field to the three experts who were making her look sick with her less-than-perfect bowling. That's why you're sitting here with me, is it? Marge D. She said, I'm a lemon. She confessed, nothing I do ever looks good. That's not true, Marge disputed. You cook like an angel when you get, you're great in history. You always make A's. Two successes out of a hundred false starts, Tilly said. You're just depressed because JB's ignoring you, Marge said, cutting to the heart of the matter. Guilty, Tilly admitted. Maybe I should have listened. Boo. If you give JB the upper hand, he'll walk all over you, the way you used to be when you were 14. I despaired of what would happen if he ever really noticed you. He'd been, he'd have destroyed your life, Tilly. You'd have become his doormat. He'd have hated that as much as you would. Think so? He seems pretty uncomfortable with me when I stand up to him, but he respects you for it. Tilly propped her elbows on the table and rested her chin in her hand. Does the beauty queen run her up, stand up to him? She won't. <laughs> Are you kidding? She won't go to the bathroom without asking JB if he thinks it's a good idea, came the dry response. She's not giving up all those perks. He gave her a diamond dinner ring last week for her birthday. That hurt. I suppose he picked it out himself, Marty said. I think she did. I can't believe I've wasted four years of my life mooning over that man. Tilly said, when her loud out her own spitty. I turned down dates with really nice men in college because I was hung up on JB. Well, never again. What sort of nice men, Marge Q, trying to change the subject? She looked One was an anthropology major working on his Ph.D. He's going to devote his life to dig in Montana, looking for poly Indian sites. Just imagine, Tilly, you could work beside him with a toothbrush. Stop that, Tilly chuckled. I don't think I'm cut out for dust and dirt and bones. What other nice men? There was a friend of one of my professors, she recalled. He raises purebred apostle stallions when he isn't hunting for meteorites all over the world. He was a character. Why would you hunt meteor rocks, Marge, you wanted? Well, he sold one for over $100,000 to a collector. The young woman replied, tongue cheek. Marge, whistled. Wow, maybe I'll get a metal detector and go out searching for them myself. That was a real joke because Margie, Marge had inherited half of her father's estate she lived in simple house and she never lived high but she could have if she wanted to she thought that the girls shouldn't have too much luxury in their formative years maybe she was right certainly brandy and dawn had turned out very well they were responsible and kind-hearted and they never fell apart from fellow students tilly glanced at the lanes where grange was throwing a ball down the aisle with forcing grace he had a rodeo rider's physique leaned on the hips and widened the shoulders odd the way he moved tilly mused like a hunter he really is a dish. You remember deep at dot, Margie nodded. He is unusual, she said. Imagine a boy on a path that deadly turning his life around. J.B. said he was forced out of the military, Margie gave him. He told you that? How did he know? Tilly Clark. I expect he had a, fir a firm of private detectives on overtime, finding out everything they could about him. J.B. loves to have leverage if he has to go against people. He won't bother Grange, Margie said. He just wants to make sure that he, the man isn't a threat to you. He wants to decide who I marry and how many kids I have, she returned But he's not going to. That's the spirit, Tilly Margie said. All the same, Tilly said. I wish he would s wouldn't snub me. I'm beginning to feel like a ghost. He'll get over it. You think so? 
I wonder. Saturday came and Grange had something to do for Justin, so Tilly stayed home and helped Marge clean house. Car drove up out front and two car doors slammed. Tilly was out of her. Tilly was on her hands and knees in the kitchen, scrubbing the tile with a brush, while Marge cleaned upstairs. J.B. walked in with a ravishing young blonde woman on his arm. She was tall and beautifully made, with a model perfect face and teeth, and her hair to her waist and back. I thought they abolished endangered servitude. J.B. draw looking importantly at Tilly. She looked up with cold eyes, pushing sweaty hair out of her eyes with the back of a dirty hand. It's called house cleaning, J.B. I'm sure you have no idea what it consists of. Nell takes care of all that, he said. This is Bella Dean. He introduced the blonde, wrapping a long arm around her, smiling at her warmly. Nice to meet you, Tilly said forcefully. I'd shake hands, but I'm sure you'd rather not. She indicated her dirty hands. Bella didn't answer. She beamed to Jamie. Didn't we come to take your sister and your nieces out to eat? She asked brightly. I'm sure the kitchen help doesn't need an audience. <sighs> Tilly got to her feet, slammed the brush down on the floor, and walked right up to the blonde, who actually backed away. What would you know about honest work, lady? Unless you call light on your back work. Tilly! J.B. bit off the podcast. Well, I never. I bet there's no. I bet there's not much you've never. Tilly said coldly. For your information, I don't work here. Marge gave me home when my mother died, and I earned my keep. When I'm not scrubbing floors, I go to college to earn a degree so that I can make a living for myself. She had importantly. I'm sure you won't ever have a similar problem as long as your looks last. Tilly. J.B. breathing. I'd rather be. I'd rather be pretty than smart. The blonde said carelessly. Who'd want to give you time, man? She scuffed. Tilly, bald fist. Go tell Margie we're here. He demanded his eyes, making cold threats. Tell her yourself, JB. Tell your blind eyes flashing. I'm not anybody's servant. She turned and left the room, so furious that she was shaking all over. JB followed her right into her bedroom and closed the door behind them. What the hell was that all about? He asked furiously. I am not going to be looked down on by any smarmy blonde tart. She explained. You behave like a child. He returned. She started it. She reminded. She thought you were the housekeeper. Replied. She didn't know you were from a. Didn't know you from a button. She'll know me next time, won't she? He moved closer, glaring at her. You're so jealous. You're vibrating with it. He accused his green eyes. Now. You want me? She turned a sharp breath, and her hands tightened in her face. I do not, she retorted. He moved a step closer, so that he was right up against her. His big hand went to her cheek, smoothing over it. His thumb rubbed maddeningly at her lower lip. You want me, he whispered. I can feel your heart beating. You ache for me to touch you. JB, if if you don't stop, she pulled to fight his arrogance and his her own weakness. You don't want me to stop, baby. He murmured his chiseled mouth, poised over her lips. That's the last thing you want. His thumb tugged her lower lip down, and he nibbled softly at the upper one. He heard her breath catch, felt her body shiver. His eyes began to glitter with something like chime. I can feel your heart beating. You're waking up. I can do anything I like to you whenever I please. We both know it, Tilly. Mousky little moan escaped her tight throat. She moved involuntarily, her body brushing against his, her mouth lifting, pleading, her hands going to his heart up, her arms to hold him there. She hated him for doing this to her, but she couldn't resist him. He knew it. He laughed. He pulled away from her. Arrogance in his old bearing. He smiled, and it wasn't a nice smile. She likes to kiss me too, Tilly. He said in a little bit, but she's no prude. She likes to take her clothes off, and I don't even have to coax her. She slapped him.
She was humiliated, hurt, furious. She put the whole weight of her arm behind it, sobbing. Didn't even react, except to live in an eyebrow and smile even worryingly. Next time I bring her over to see Marge, you better be more polite, silly. He warns softly, and a deep edge of anger glittering in his green eyes. Or I'll do this in front of her. Tilly was horrified, and even the thought her face went pale. Tails brightened her eyes, but she kept the hide rather than shut them. There aren't enough bad words in the English language to describe what you are, J.P., she said brokenly. Oh, you'll think of some eventually, I'm sure. And if you can't, you can always give me another one of those god-awful dragon ties, can't you? I bought boxes of them! She slung at him. He only laughed. He gave her a last probing look and went out the room, leaving the door open behind him. Where have you been? The blondes are matted in a honed honey tone. Just having a little overdue discussion. We better go. See you, March. There were muffled voices. The door closed. Two cars door slammed. An engine roared. March knocked gently. He came into Tilly's room. Her whole look apprehensive. She grimaced. Tilly was as white as a sheet, shaking with rage and humiliation. I'll tell him not to bring her here again, Marge said firmly. She put her arms around Tilly and gathered her clothes. He's right. He's a devil in a suit. Tilly was the very devil, Marge. I never, never want to see him again. Then arms closed around her and rocked her while she cried. Marge, Marge wondered why J.B. had to be so cruel to a woman who loved him this much. She had a good idea of what he'd done, and it was unfair of him. He didn't want Tilly. Why couldn't he leave her alone? He brought his latest over here deliberately. Tilly refused to go to the barbecue, avoided being around the woman, so J.B. had brought her over to Marge's to rub it in. He wanted Tilly to see how beautiful the woman was, how devoted she was to J.B. He was angry that he couldn't stop her from seeing Grange, not even by snubbing her. This was low, even for J.B. I don't know what's gotten into my brother, Marge said, but I'm very sorry, Tilly. It's not your fault. We don't get to choose our relationships. More's a pity. I wouldn't choose J.B. for a brother after today. Her dark eyes twinkling mischievously. Tilly? The girls wouldn't let J.B. introduce them to his girlfriend. They gave her vicious looks, glared at J.B., and went to Don's room, locked themselves in. He's mad at them now, too. Good, maybe he'll stay out in his own house. I wouldn't bet on that, Marge thought, but she didn't say it aloud. Tilly had stood enough for one day. Grace took Tilly with him around the feedlot the next day, explaining how they monitored statistics and mixed the feed for the various lots of cattle. He asked Justin for permission. The older man was glad to give it. He liked the strange young man who'd come to work for him. It was a compliment because Justin didn't like many people at all. Grange popped one big boot of food on the bottom rail of one of the enclosures with his arms folded on the top one. His dark eyes had a faraway look. This is a good country, he said. I grew up in West Texas. Mostly we've got desert and cactuses and mountains over around El Paso. This is green heaven. Yes, it is. I love it here, she confessed. I go to school in Houston. It's green there, too, but the trees are nestled in concrete, he chuckled. Do you like college? I do. I went myself in the army. What did you study? He grinned. Besides weapons and tactics, you mean? He joked. I studied political science. She was surprised and she showed. That was your major? Part of it. I did a double major in political science and Arabic dialects. You mean you can speak Arabic? He nodded. Farsi, Bumbidio, several regional dialects, well, in the Romance languages. All three of those? He had surprised all three. He glanced at her. Smiled at her expression. Languages will get you far in government service in the military. I mustered out as a major.
She tried not to let out that she heard about his release from the service. Did you like the military? She asked with deliberate carelessness. Gave her a slow appraisal from Dark Cameron. Gossip travels fast in a small town, doesn't it? He won her life. I expect, I expect Hammock had said something to do with it. She said, probably did. She had to admit, he did everything he could to keep me from cooling out with you. So he holds grudges. Lucky for him that I don't. Or he'd be sleeping with guards at every door and a gun under his pillow. If I hadn't been for him, I'd still have my sister. Maybe he thinks that, except for you and his father, he'd be happily married with kids now. Nobody came out of it laughing, he said. Look down her puzzle. If he wanted you to stop going out with me, why haven't you? She's modest. I got tired of being a carpet. She said, yeah, walked all over you, did he? She nodded. Since I was 14, and I let him. I never disagreed with anything he said, even when I didn't think he was right. She traced a pattern on the middle fence. Saw what I could have become last Saturday. He brought his newest girlfriend over to show me. She thought I was the hired help and treated me accordingly. We had words. Lots of words. Now I'm not speaking to J.B. He leaned back and said, You may not believe it, but standing up to people was the only way to get through life with your mind intact. Nothing was ever gained by giving in. So that's how you left the army, is it? She musing laughed. Our commanding officers sent up against an enemy com company, understrength without proper body armor, with weapons that were misfiring. I took exception, and he called me a name I didn't like. I decked him, wrapped him up in his blanket, gagged him, and led the attack myself. Tactics brought us all back alive. He, his way, would have wiped us out to the last man. The brass didn't approve of my methods, so I had the choice of being honorably discharged or court-martialed. It was a close decision. Yet it was cold humor. She stared at him. How could they do that? Sending you into battle without proper equipment. That's outrageous. Talk to Congress, he said coldly. But don't expect them to do anything unless it's an election year. Improvements cost money. We don't have enough. She stared out over the distant pasture. What happened to your commanding officer? Oh, they promoted him, he said. Called his tactics brilliant, in fact. But he didn't go. And they were your tactics, she explained. He raised an apple. That's not what he told the brass. She laughed. Somebody should have told them. In fact, just last week, one of his ex got drunk enough to spill the beans to a reporter for one of the larger newspaper chains. Court martial board is convening in the near future, or so I hear. Will they call you to testify? She wondered. Well. God, I hope so. He replied. She laughed at his expression. Revenge is sweet. So they tell me. Being of a natural sweet and retiring disposition, I rarely ever cause problems. Why are you laughing? <laughs> she was almost doubled over. He was the last man she could picture that way. <laughs> Maybe I cause a little trouble once in a while. <laughs> he had the many glances. <sighs> Lunch breaks over. Better get back to work. So that Justin doesn't start looking for replacements. It was a nice lunch break, even if we didn't eat anything. I wasn't hungry. Sorry, I didn't think about food. She smiled up. Neither did I. We have a big breakfast this morning, and I was stuffed. Wouldn't you like to come over for pizza tonight? Yes, I would, but I'm not going to. Why? I'm going to provide. I'm not going to provide any more reasons for Hamlick to take out old injuries on you. I'm not afraid of J.B. Neither am I. But let's give him time to calm down before we start any more trouble. I suppose we could, Sugar, but reluctantly, she didn't want J.B. to think she was bowing down to him. The weekend went smoothly. J.B. and his blonde appendage were nowhere in sight, neither was Grange. Chili played Monopoly with Marge and the girls on Saturday night, went to church with them on Sunday morning. Monday morning, Marge didn't get up for breakfast. Tilly took her tray, worried because she seemed unusually pale and luxurious. 
Just a little dizzy and nauseous, Tilly, Marduk protested with Wayne. I'll stay in bed and feel better, really. The girls are here if I need her. You better call me if you do, she said firmly. Marge smiled nodded. Tilly noticed an odd rhythm in her heartbeat. It was so strange that it was shaking her nightgown. Nausea and an erratic heartbeat were worrisome symptoms. Tilly's grandfather had died of a heart trouble, and she remembered the same symptoms soon in him. She didn't make a big deal out of it, but she did put aside her hurt pride long enough to drive for by JB's office on the way to the feedlot. He was talking to a visiting cattleman, but when he saw Tilly, he broke off the conversation politely, joined her in the outer office. He looked good in jeans and a Cambridge shirt and chaps. She thought, even if they were designer clothing, he was working today, not swimming around women. Couldn't stand it anymore, I got He asked her. He just had to come and see me and apologize. She found excuse me. It's about time, he told her. But I'm busy today. You should have picked a better time. JB, I need to talk to you. She began. He gave her a slender figure, the green pantsuit, a curious intent serenity, winding his way back up the modest neckline to her face. With only the lightest touch of makeup and her wavy hair, like a dark cap around her. Only way to work. Yes, she said. JB, I have to tell you something. He took her arm and led her back outside to her car. Later, I've got a full day besides, he added as he opened her car. You know, I don't like to be chased. I like to do the chasing. She let on her excited JB, I'm not chasing you. You just give me a chance to speak. His eyes went, I don't like treating her like the enemy, but I also don't like the way you spoke to Bella. When you apologize to her, we'll go from there. Apologize? His face went, you took too much for granted. You aren't part of my family and you aren't a lover. You can't treat my women like trespassers in my own sister's house. Maybe we were close when you were younger, but that's over. She started it. She began to run. She belongs with me. You don't. His eyes were. I need more from a woman than a handshake at the end of the evening. That's as much as you are able to give, Tilly. You're completely unawakened. She wondered what he was talking about. She didn't have time to ponder me. Ignorant. Listen, well, that's not what I came here to talk about. I'm not giving a belly. He continued as she hadn't spoken. And chasing after me like this isn't going to get, isn't going to get you anything except the wrong side of my temper. Don't do it again. JB, close to go to work. He said shortly and turned away. Of all the air can assuming overbearing conceited jackasses, she thought if she reversed out of the parking space and took off toward town. He took the cake. She wasn't chasing him. She was trying to tell him about Marge. Well, she could try again later. Next time, she promised herself she'd make him listen. She walked in the front door after work, tired and just dispirited. Maybe Marge was better. She yelled, Tilly, is that you? Don't explain from the top of the stairs. Come on, up here, hurry, please. Tilly took the steps two at a time. Marge was lying on her back, gasping for breath, wincing with pain. Her face was gray, showing her skin. <laughs> Heart attack. Tilly said it once she'd seen this all before with her grandfather. She grabbed the phone and dialed 911. She tried to call JB, but she couldn't get an answer on her cell phone or on the phone at the office of his house. She waited until the ambulance loaded up, Marge and the girls went with her to get to and to get into her car and drive to JB's house. If she couldn't find him, she could at least give Nell to relay a message. She leaped out of the car and ran to the front door. She tried the knob and found it unlocked. This was no time for formality. She opened and ran down the hall to JB's study. She threw open the door. Stopped dead in the doorway. JB, JB looked up. There were Bell's bare white shoulders. His face flushed. His mouth swollen. His what the hell are you doing in here? He demanded furiously. End of chapter 5.